0: You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Notice First Peter 1 and 18. Notice this. Notice what the word of God said. This is, this is the apostle Peter, first Peter one verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish or spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Verse 21, who through him believe in God, who raised him our Jesus from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Look at this again. Look at it. Verse 18. Knowing, knowing has to do with having an understanding. Now remember what Hosea said, or God said through the prophet Hosea. He said, My people are destroyed. For a lack of knowledge. Not that he wasn't giving them knowledge, but he later on would say, because you reject knowledge. And he said, because you reject knowledge, then God said, I'm going to reject you. And so one thing we don't want to do is reject knowledge. What has God given us this morning according to Jeremiah 3 and 15? He's given us knowledge and understanding don't want us to be ignorant in this season. Receive what the Word is saying. Notice verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. Silver and gold in one sense is corruptible because it can always be devalued. It can always be devalued. So it's corruptible. May be worth a lot today. May be worth a little tomorrow. But when you come talking about the precious blood of Jesus which we were redeemed with or by, thats can never be devalued. I'm already teaching that can never be devalued. Right? Because, oh, y'all, come on now. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. In other words, they could not, only could Israel not keep the law, but the law could not save them. And so that tradition of being aimless in the sense of trying to save themselves or trying to be righteous in their own works was forever failing Israel. And this is the reason God gave His Son. Because notice, it is with His precious blood, verse 19, that we are redeemed. Because He is a lamb without blemish. And without spot. That's letting us know that when it came to Jesus, His sacrifice, He was sinless. He was sinless. He never committed a sin. Not one. Not one. Not one. Now He, now we already know we ain't God. We already know we're not Jesus. Am I right? He committed no sin. You better listen. He who knew no sin took on our sin. We who were deserving of death, escape death, and he takes death on. Woo, Lord, have mercy. That's really not praise him this morning. Let's bring it in. He indeed was foreordained. See, God had this in mind before the foundation of the world. Understand something about God. God is never reacting to anything the devil does. He's never reacting to anything the devil does. He is never caught off guard by anything that the devil or demons try to do. No, he had this plan before the foundation of the world. So he already knew we needed a Savior. Woo, you better be happy. I said he already knew and had set it up from the foundation of the world. He knew what he was going to do. You ought to be happy about that. I should be happy. Who who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope knows where it lies in God. In God. This morning's subject is personal. I want to teach from the subject I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. And and if that's you, I want you to look at somebody and tell him or her the subject this morning. I've been been redeemed. redeemed. Look at one more person and tell him or her, I've been been redeemed. redeemed. Look at that final person tell him, I don't know if you know it or not. But I have been, tell him, give him a praise for the subject, I've been redeemed. Woo, and I'm happy about it. I've been <laughs> redeemed. Listen, God the Father, Yahweh, Jehovah, the Most High, the sovereign ruler, the sovereign creator, redeemed us through his son, Jesus. I said he redeemed us through his son, Jesus. Those who reject Jesus, reject salvation. Listen, this reading, this message is important. Those who reject Jesus, they reject salvation. Listen, why is that important? Because there is salvation in no other name. Now, God doesn't force anybody to believe. He he doesn't force Himself on anybody. He Himself created us free moral agents. So God gave man the choice, the ability to choose whether or not he or she will believe. And so you never get upset with folk Who choose not to believe. You have to simply recognize that's your choice. But your not believing won't change my mind. I'm going to preach to myself this morning. If you stop believing, it won't deter my faith. Listen to me at all. Because I've made up in my mind... No matter what I go through, I am a believer. I believe. Whoa, I said I believe. Because I believe, I've seen things. Because I believe, I have experienced things. Whoa, I'm preaching to people who say stupid stuff like, it's in your head. No. No, it's real. It's real. God sending his son to die on the cross for mankind, that's real. Listen to me. If we receive it and live by it or according to it, we receive, don't miss this, salvation. Salvation is threefold. Listen to me. It first of all has to do with divine deliverance. Salvation equates divine deliverance. That means what we couldn't get ourselves out of, he delivered us. I need to break that down. The drugs you couldn't put down, when you called on his name, he delivered you. I said he delivered you. Not like folks say. He didn't just slap it out your hand or out your mouth. But he empowered you to give up something. You better listen to me. That was killing you anyhow. That's what he did. God didn't just deliver us from sin. But you got to understand sin was killing us. It's amazing how people won't let go of what's killing them. Right, right, right. Chasing women back in the day was killing me. Right, right. Listen, even though I was good at it and enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Whoo, I got two brothers to say something. Rest of the men, married, vote, stay. Right. Care because you send beside your wife or your sweetie don't change what you used to be. Don't change what you used to do. And somebody need to know what you used to be about. So when they look at you now, they know you ain't about that life no more. What happened to it? Jesus. Jesus. BC, you, you know, one reason I never wanted to get married is because and somebody looked at me like, I never knew you didn't want to get married. Yeah, I'm talking way back in the day. I never wanted to get married because I never wanted to break sacred vows. You know, I, I was that kind of person. one living right anyway, but I, I didn't want to break no sacred vows. And I knew, I said, I can never be faithful to no one woman. That to me back then was a death sentence. But Jesus I said but Jesus You ain't got to look at her She had her hang up I said but Jesus And everybody in here say You had some hang ups You were not born saved, And all your pretending Trying to act like Miss Goody Toots No you had some hang ups Am I right about it But he delivered. Be seated. He did what no other could do. He did what mama couldn't do. For some of y'all, he did what rehab couldn't do. He did what a New Year's resolution couldn't do. divine deliverance. Divine deliverance. But it also has to do with divine protection. Because once God delivers, He is able to protect. He's able to protect. That's when Jesus said, none that the Father has given me, He said, I have lost none. In other words, once we are in His hands, hands representing His will, you need to understand nothing can take you out of His will. You have to choose to leave God because God will never, oh, oh, He'll never leave you. He'll never walk out on you. We have to break the covenant. Am I right about that? Because that's how faithful He is At protecting, listen, his own. I say that protecting his own. And God shows mercy certainly to all mankind. So if you're here this morning and you are not a child of God, I need you to understand that he has yet been showing you mercy. He has been showing you mercy. You haven't committed yourself to him, but because of how good he is, He's still been showing you mercy. How many know that's right? How many recognize before you got saved that God was showing you mercy? Woo! Do I need to break that down? He stopped some things from happening in the club back in the day. Come on. There are so many things when you get saved. And when your eyes really come open, you, one, one thing you recognize when you truly get born again is in that moment, you know how merciful He's been to you. Because you start thinking about how many times we denied Him. How many times we heard the Word and brushed it off. But He was yet merciful. Now when it comes to His children, He is shown enough good to his people. Now somebody may say, well, pastor, we, we are all children of God. We are all a child of God. See, that's that lie they tell. That's that lie they tell to keep you in sin, to keep you in bondage, to make you think you don't have to do anything to be a child of God. But you are a child of God by choice. What's the confusion? The confusion is that we are all God's creation. We were all created by God. But to be a child of God, that's a choice. Now, now you didn't so much have this problem back in the day, telling folk they weren't children of God because we knew we had the devil in us. Come on, somebody. You, you, back in my sinning day, you tell me, yeah, you ain't a child of God. Oh, yeah, no joke. I know that. But now you got people living any kind of way, but they are somehow children of God. The devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. That's when Jesus in John eight forty four and following looked at Jews. He looked at Hebrew Israelites. And told them, you are of your father, the devil. Why? Because they wanted to destroy him. Am I right about that? So, salvation is deliverance. Salvation is protection. Finally, salvation is prosperity. It is divine prosperity. Listen, it is God causing us. To do well or to be productive in every aspect of life. See, divine prosperity covers every aspect of life. Isn't it good to know that God is concerned with you about every aspect of your life? And he wants you to prosper. Listen, he wants you to do well, he wants you to do well. So that says to me that God is not my enemy. He wants me to prosper. Come on. And that's the only reason some of us are prospering this morning is divine prosperity. Are y'all hearing me? It's divine. So that means whatever the economy is going to do, watch this, it's going to do. But the natural economy is not enough to come against divine prosperity. Listen to me. That means even in a famine, God can feed you. I need to say it again. Even in a famine, he can feed you. Woo! How pastor, by supernatural means, if he choose to do so. That's what the book teaches. Some of y'all look at me like I done went off. That's what the book teaches. The book teaches that he can sustain us. The book teaches that he is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. So when the job stops providing Come on here, somebody. You better get happy because they can fire you from your job, but they can't fire the God that you serve. So that's the reason I'm going to always prosper. Be seated. Don't get mad at me. I'm going to always prosper. Because my prosperity is tied into God. Listen, it's tied into doing His will. It's tied in doing what He wants me to do. And as long as you do what God desire for you to do, God will take good care of you. I'm finna go on, folks, on you and your children. He'll take care of you and your children. Ask the widow woman when she was in a famine. God took care Of the woman and the child. (laughs) Cause her to do well. In a famine. Am I right about that? Cause joy. A joy of all. To never run dry. That means God can prosper you. Based on one thing you got in the house. He can look at what you got in your house. And say because of this. Some of y'all don't get that, but when you get it, it changes you, changes how you think. Am I right about that? I know the only reason I'm doing as well as I'm doing this morning is Jesus. Hold on. Don't equate it to pastor. Don't think all pastors are doing well. Woo. That's the thing with, 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 with simple-minded people. They'll look at a couple of pastors who multi millionaires, and they'll say something like, all them pastors want is your money. Hey, stop. Are there pastors that all they want is folk money? Yeah, we know that. You know in every profession there are crooks. Why should pastors be any, any different? No. But a true man of God, if he's connected to God, he going to prosper. Come on! I said he gonna do well. I said he gonna do well. He told Joshua everywhere the soul. That's how he was with Joshua. That's divine prosperity. That means wherever you go, prosperity. You better listen. Is on you. You ain't chasing prosperity. Prosperity is on you. So it's on me in Georgia. But if I go down into Florida, it'll be on me. He said every. Let me get on into this teaching. And it's amazing how folk will struggle. And you'll see the struggle. But they won't accept what Jesus came to give them. Struggling, dying, in death, in ruin but won't receive what Jesus came to give. How many of our loved ones do we see perishing before our eyes, but they will not receive Jesus? Some don't even want to hear the message. And understand, even if you are prospering, even if you do have a good job, a good business, a good bank account, a nice home, a nice car, if you hadn't accepted Jesus, you in trouble. I said you're in serious trouble. Because when you die, you can't take any of it with you. But see, I'm going to prove to you today that the life we live now, there is a life after this life. Right? Now, when the Bible says, or when I say to us, I've been redeemed. I want to give you three things that what it means to be redeemed. And every last one of them are important. Number one, it says that Jesus atoned or made amends for our sins. He atoned for it. He made amends. Listen, for our sins, our transgressions, He atoned for it. Listen, and he alone could do it. He alone could do it. He atoned. He made amends. Listen, for our sins against God. This is the reason when he did it in the end, he said, it is Come on, somebody. He said, it is finished. What's finished, Lord? The atonement. I've made amends. You better listen to me. Not just for one type of people. That's what certain religious miss it. He didn't just come for the black man. Shame on you for believing that lie. This is bigger than the black man. Woo, it's bigger than the red man. It's this bigger than the white man? Because you have black men rejecting it, saying it's the white man's religion. He made atonement. Listen for all mankind. Come on. Had a guy going to call the church one time, wouldn't tell me what he wanted in the beginning. And I normally don't answer the phone, but I answered it that day. Probably a mistake. No, I believe God want me talking to him. He kept going. I, I said, look, brother, I said, I got stuff. I said, I, said, I said, what you trying to say? What, what were you getting to? You know, everybody can't be saying, oh, Lord. All right, brother, you done called the wrong one. Because I know better. That's the, that's the game they play. But see, when he came, he made amends, come on, for all mankind. That's one of the reasons when he was dying on that cross, when he died, that veil was rent. He was doing something in that moment that were bigger than just the Jewish people. Y'all better listen to me. Number two. Now, 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 y'all know how I teach. Look Like some head dropped in. I teach no matter who you are, be proud of who you are. I ain't pro-black, it's just that I happen to be black. On the camera side. a calm. But I'm still a black man. Come on, somebody. No, I ain't left that long. Yeah, but everybody needs to be proud of who God made them. This is important because when you start arguing or fighting against your creator, one of the first fights you wage against him is who he created you to be. That's the reason you got women trying to be men. They're fighting against what God ordained or created them to be and now they want me to play that foolish game I say no I ain't calling a man a woman just cause he done went and got breasts and had his cheekbones shaved down he like trimmed he can't do that with them feet though that's a man going to play that game. Come on, somebody. Now I'm not out here hating on folk. But God created them male and female. Now you can't go back and say to God as a woman that there's a man trapped inside of you. There's a demon trap inside of you. You need deliverance from that spirit. Watch this. That has you warring against yourself. Be seated. Because all the medicine they pumping in people, trying to take testosterone out of a man, you can't do it. Because that's what God created. Well, that's the reason if you dig up somebody that died saying they were what they wasn't, DNA going to tell you what God did. I didn't even want to go there, but but I'm telling you. Number two, Jesus saved us. And if you're out there and you like that, listen, I want you to know he died for you. Right? Church shouldn't be a church that hates homosexuals. We need to love people that are mixed up like that. Love them enough... To tell them the truth. Don't lie to your loved one. Don't play that game. I love you, but you're wrong. You're wrong. Right? Some of y'all act like you don't like when I preach like that. You know it's a hole in this church. I can't take certain passages of the Bible and just rip them out for you. Right? Everybody, probably everybody in here got somebody in their family mixed up in these type things. But we got love folk. Because why? He loved us. Right? He loved some of you when you were strung out on crack Stealing from your own parents, but he he loves you, right? Jesus saved us. Number two, from eternal death or damnation. See, see, that's what that redemption was about. Jesus saving us. Listen, from eternal death or eternal damnation. We know death basically in four parts. Death is physical. Death is spiritual. Death is eternal and death figuratively is about ruin or destruction. He saved us from all. Do you understand that? But never think that hell is not real. Don't ever think that. Don't ever think that. Because that's what he came to deliver us from. That's that eternal damnation. The final and ultimate stage of death, listen, you need to know these things, is eternal death. There is no comeback from that. People are gambling with their lives. Well, I don't believe in God. It's your right to, to say that, to even live like that. But when you die, you will answer to God. You're going to answer for every message that you heard that you rejected. Because you were never caught up in anything that he was not able to rescue you from. So what is your excuse? You will be without excuse. Am I right? Number three, Jesus paid the price. For us, this is important, to be made righteous. Righteous. There was nothing you could do. There was nothing I could do in and of ourselves to be righteous. Come on, here, somebody. But when Jesus redeemed us, he made us the righteousness of God. This is so important. He didn't make us perfect. Come on, you ain't perfect. You ain't perfect. I wish I'd come out there and tap you on your shoulder. You ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. You can stay in a room seven days and lock yourself in that room. And in some way, you're going to sing. How, Pastor, if I don't cut the TV on, I don't do it. You got your mind to deal with. You got your flesh to deal with. The very thought. Watch this. The Bible teaches that the very thought of Foolishness is sin. Come on somebody. So he redeemed us. He made us righteous. Are we better off? Are we better than people? No. Are we better off than people? Yes. How can we be on our way to heaven, folks on their way to hell, and we not say of ourselves, well I'm better off. We're not better than because they have an opportunity to get on the same path. Do do you see my point? But 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 now Donnie McClurkin missed it. Now I I'm not a sinner that fell down and got up. No, no. How's that? My favorite song. Don't care. No. No, we not sinner. We not sinner. We not practicing sin. If you practice in sin, you need saving. It's just that simple. If you practice in sin, you need saving. Right? But we mess up. We miss the mark. That's when somebody here needs to understand. God is not calling for you to be perfect. He already understands that you can never be perfect. Because to be perfect, teach it right, pastor, is to be God. You know that there's only one God. There's only one person in this person. Right? But some of us married to people who think they... Well, let's go on. John, John 3. Look at John 3. <laughs> John 3. I had to get that in. Some of us have been accused by people lately that we think we know everything. Don't turn to John 3. But y'all know that ain't true, right? We don't know everything, do. If you know everything, raise your hand. I'm going to prove to you right in front of all these folks. I'm going to embarrass you. Because we don't know everything. Is that right? But does God know everything? Is anything hid from God? No. Nothing. He's the perfect one. He's omniscient. Am I right? John 3. Let's get into the meat of the teaching. John 3. Notice verse 18. Not going to John 3.16, but that's a good scripture. Minister Smart dealt with that. Notice John 3 and 18. We're getting into the meat of the text. Because remember I said earlier, those who reject Jesus reject salvation. Now watch this. Watch what Jesus himself says. Watch what Yeshua says in John 3 and verse number 18. He says... He who believes in him or in God is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed or she in the name of the only begotten son of God. You need to see this. He who believes in him or God is not Condemn. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Why is he condemned? Why is she condemned? Because he or she has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God or Jesus. Now, two things condemn means. Number one, to declare a person to be unjust or unrighteous. When a person doesn't believe in Jesus, it's not up for me or you to condemn them. They've already condemned themselves by not believing in Jesus. They have made themselves to be unrighteous or unjust. See, whenever we don't believe God... As being son of God, we condemn ourselves. But can I take it a step further? Anytime we fail to believe God, we are condemning ourselves. If God says to you today that I'm turning your situation around, and you don't believe that he has the power to do it, you condemning yourself. You are declaring yourself to be unjust. You hear me? Number two, you judge yourself as unfaithful. See, so you're condemning yourself. You're judging yourself to be unfaithful. Why? You don't believe. You don't believe. And what what is the one thing we want to hear him say in the end? Well done. Woo! Well, my Bible reader, thou good and what type servant? What type servant? He's saying to you, you believed. Listen, but for those who do not believe, and I don't care what your hang-up is about not believing, you condemn yourself. Well, Pastor, I don't believe because my husband don't believe. But see, you ain't going to stand for your husband. And I've never seen it like it is now Where so many spouses are willing to go to hell for each other. Where you have people who won't accept Jesus because their husband or wife won't do it. If you will do it, I'll do it. But if you don't go, then I'm not going to go. But see, when you stand before God, your spouse can't stand with you. You will stand for yourself. And I don't care how much pressure they put on you. If you join that church, if you do this, then I'm leaving. See you bye. That's not a hard choice to make. I'm teaching this thing right. I know it's tight. I know that it's tight. But see, I'm not going to hell for Donna. I'm not going to hell for my church. I'm going to tell them right. If they get mad, there to the go. You used to live here. You know where it's at. But I'm not going to hell for you. Oh, yeah, you finna get excited, and I ain't going to hell for none of y'all. I'm not going to stand up here, water down the message to get a smile from you. I'm not going to water down the word so you will join this church. If you want a weak church, if you want a weak pastor, there are plenty of them out there. Because the way God uses me is that what he says through me upset folks sometimes. And don't tell me God is talking to you. Don't tell me he's speaking with you. And what he says never upsets you. And I know a popular song say, you know, the devil said no, but God said yes. Sometimes God said no. See, that song will get your head all twisted. only thing you want from God is yes. But see, listen, we don't run God. We don't run God. You can't change what God said in operation. You can't dislike holiness, so you change it. You got a little bit of money, man, so now you want to be a social drinker. You you, you can't change what the word says. Okay, how, how much up-and-coming you get in corporate America. There are places my money can take me, but I won't go. Woo! It's tight, it's tight, it's tight. You all to see, folks, it's tight. <laughs> right? Acts chapter 13. And see, pe- people will hear the real truth, and, and they'll get upset with God about what he's saying. But see, ain't nothing they can do to God. <laughs> you can't frown at him. You can't roll your eyes I at mean, him. It ain't nothing you can do with God. So they take it out on the man of God. Yeah, do y'all know sometimes I teach and preach church stuff. You take it out on me. You leave here mad thinking I'm going at you. And I ain't even thinking about you. I'm just thinking about declaring the word. Because, see, at the end of the day, none of y'all blood going to be on my hand. But if I don't preach truth, and you die in your sins, and you came to church up here faithfully, but I didn't tell you the truth, your blood gonna be on my hand. God gonna require your blood at my hand. I mean, I tell for everybody think they wanna be a pastor and stuff. You you don't really understand. Just get you a nice suit and a tie. Come on, I'm being honest with you because to declare some things, there are gonna be a lot of empty messages going forth today, just to please visitors. Empty words are going to be spoken today. Words that have no power to heal, to deliver. See, what I'm declaring today is that which has power to deliver somebody. Come on. That's how I got delivered. Preacher didn't play with me. And I thank God the night I went that he wasn't playing. Man preached about Jesus being crucified. And subject was, what are you going to do with Jesus? I'm sitting in the back of the church with a pocket full of money with my homeboy on our way to the crap game. And I told him, I said, man, you can ride with me, but I first got to do this thing for mama. She been on me by church. So I'm going to pop in to buy to the revival tonight and pop out. And see, it's sad because some of you don't even invite your loved one to church. no more. But see, she stayed on me. Some of you had a perfect opportunity to make sure your children was in church, but you didn't even invite them. You didn't even encourage them to go. But you're going to make they cook out now. She said, you need to come to church. And I came that night. And that man preached the word. I came sitting on the back, a gambler. And I was shacking at the same time and had kids. And the message drew me to the altar. Come on, somebody. I went home and told my wife or my girlfriend. I said, I just got saved. tonight. She looked at me because she knew I wasn't lying. She seemed no different. I said, I just got saved. I said, I've always loved you. I just didn't have the power to do what's right. I said, will you marry me and let's make things right? Hold on, hold on. She said, I'll marry you. I said, you got to come. I said, will you come get saved? She said, yes. She came that Thursday night. I got saved that when. She came that Thursday night, got saved. We got baptized that Friday night. Told the preacher, we getting married tomorrow. He said, We'll do it at the church. I said, I don't have no church clothes. Borrowed a suit from a brother. If you ever look at my our wedding picture, it looked like I'm on crack. I'm serious, because at the time he was in the NFL. Big old neck and going on. I, man, I was drowning in that suit. Y'all are hearing me. I know what God to do. We will marry that set. Not no $10,000 with. Most of them don't last. This had God in it. We didn't have all of that. Come on, somebody! Knew a person prints twenty five thousand dollars on a wedding, and the marriage didn't last. Can't buy love. Where we at? Acts thirteen. I gotta get ready to come in. But I'm, but I'm, 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 I want somebody to know how God will change your life. That I don't feel sorry for nobody and what they trapped in or whatever. He He died for you. Amen. Now I'm glad I went in a church back then that would have told me and her, y'all okay shacking. You know that church now they don't even preach against shacking. We knew shacking was wrong back then. Wasn't gonna tell me shacking was right. Man, get out of my man. Go on somewhere with that now. I know I'm in sin, but we doing our thing. I'm telling y'all I'm, I'm preaching true. Acts 13. Ooh, Lord have mercy. I gotta hear him bring this in. Then Paul and Barnabas, now Acts 13, 46. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. He's talking to Jews. But since you rejected, look what the Jews did. They rejected the word as a whole. That's what Paul is saying. But since you rejected, this is what I want y'all to see. And judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. See, that's that part I was trying to show you. When you don't believe, you condemn yourself. Notice, Paul and them had the right message. Just like this morning, I got the right message. But people are going to leave here People are going to cut off their phone, their televisions, and not receive it. Because they're going to judge themselves unworthy. Look at that. Of everlasting life. Everlasting life is what you are turning down. Come on, somebody. Acts the 17th chapter. We rolling. That's how you condemn yourself. Notice that Paul said, y'all judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. So lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And of course, we know God was in it. His sovereignty is seen in that situation in giving Gentiles that space, that opportunity to receive him. Notice Acts 17 and verse number 31. Y'all hanging here. Thank you for your patience. Acts 17, 31. Because he, or God, appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness. Notice how God is going to judge the world by the man whom He has ordained. Who is that man? Jesus. Jesus being Redeemer, that's how God is going to judge man. Oh, you better hear me. He's going to judge you on whether or not you receive Jesus as your Redeemer. That's what he gonna judge. Listen, li- listen to me. He will not judge you based upon your good outweighing your bad. Never forced to tell you know what. Folks are you, well, I'm just you know, as long as my good outweigh my bad, then they then they say that I think I'll make it in. That ain't what he's judging you by. He ain't judging you. By you feeding the homeless, are you giving so much money to charities? See, I'm I'm, I'm declaring that I'm declaring the word today. I don't know what y'all came for. I came to preach. This is the reason rich folk, most of them or a lot of them, are gonna bust hell wide open, thinking they could buy their way into heaven. giving to all these charities doing these good deeds come on but he, don't, he gonna judge you by this one man you better see the word today and come out of your sin better see the word and come out of them false religion you better see the word today and cut some folks loose He has appointed a day. He has appointed a day. He has appointed a day. Pastor, they've been saying that for years. He has appointed a day. That day will come. It's my job to declare it to be so. Even if I die having not seen it, don't mean it's wrong. He has appointed a day. Teach Bible. Which he will judge the world. Notice how he going to judge the world. In righteousness. By the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all. How did God give a guarantee? How did he give an assurance that that day is coming? He said by raising him from the dead. The fact that Jesus got up. You better hear me. I'm going to make somebody mad. You better hear me. He came as a lamb without blemish. He came to be beaten. He came to be spit on, to be ridiculed. But that second coming, but that second coming, they won't lay a hand on him. But that second coming, no one will beat him. No. Why? Because that second time, he's coming as the Lion of Judah. Come on, I said he's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he gonna execute judgment. Come on, every secret sin, the Bible teaches every idle word that man has spoken in secret, he gonna give an account for. Do you hear me? You gonna give an account for the sins you commit. Knowingly and unknowingly. Are y'all here? Give me a few more moments. He has given assurance of this by all. By raising them from the dead. And when they heard. This is what I, this is what I want y'all to focus on. When they heard the resurrection of the dead. Some mocked. Some did what? Some did what? When they heard the resurrection of the dead, some people mocked. Listen, some people ridiculed the message. You know, folks are doing that in the sanctuary right now. And some are doing that who are watching. I'm preaching the resurrection of the dead in Jesus. And people will mock or ridicule the message they are the message as being silly. Unrelevant. Listen, a fairy tale. Isn't that sad? That when you preach the resurrection of Jesus, him dying and getting up out of that grave, to most folk, you are talking fairy tale stuff. You're talking make-believe things. And so they mock. When it comes to the gospel, the word being preached or taught, you have three, basically three different types of people. Number one, you have those who will hear the word and they're going to ridicule it. Preacher preaching hard, declaring the oracles of God and people think it's funny. Think it's something they don't have to listen to. But see, listen to me. Your life, Is not even guaranteed within the next hour. Some of you that are here today and some that are watching. We could bury you next week. And you did not even know that this would be the last message that you will ever hear. See, that's how we take things for granted. And that's what causes people to mock. But notice the next group of folk. You see those, they mock. And when they heard the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. While others said, we will hear you again on this matter. See, and then you had that second group of folk. They'll hear the word, but they won't do nothing. They won't reject it. They think but they also will not receive it. Listen to what God is saying this morning. Whenever you hear the word, you may not ridicule it. You may not mock the word. But if you don't receive it, you have in actuality rejected it. That When it comes to God, listen, when it comes to God, there is no such thing as doing nothing. No man can stay idle. No man. When the Word comes, we either side with God or we side with self or the devil. Are, are, y'all, are y'all feeling me? Because a lot of folk going to get an opportunity today to hear the Word. But they simply said to Paul, we will hear you again on this. And that's how folk leave the church when they heard an anointed word. You know, we, we we plan on coming back. we we, we going to visit again and so forth. But did you receive Jesus that day? No, we, we don't want to make no 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 fast commitment like that. But 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 we 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 plan on coming back up here though and visiting again. See, it's bigger than that. You heard the word and did nothing. Come on, I ain't just talking to my visitors. There are some of you sadly been coming up here for years, but when it comes to the word, you do nothing with the word. You come jacked up, hear a word, and you leave jacked up. That ain't what God wants. That ain't why he got you up here. Come on, somebody. And then finally, when they, he said, we will hear you again on this mount." Verse 33, so Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. See, others going to hear that and believe. Because when you look back at first Peter, come on, I gotta close this in real quick. When you look back at First Peter, this is what Peter was saying to us. That through the precious blood of Jesus, we're redeemed. I said, We're redeemed saints. We're redeemed saints. Knowing this, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your father. And see, sometimes to really accept God, you have to let go of tradition. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest, listen, in these last time, who through him believed in God. Who raised Jesus from the dead. In him we have our faith and our hope in God. I'm going to show you two things about being redeemed and then I'm done. I'm going to show you two things about being redeemed. When it comes to God being our redeemer and I'm done. Remember he redeemed us through Jesus. Now I'm going to walk it backwards but I started up front. But I need to walk it backwards so you'll see the power in being redeemed. Because I want the redeemed of the Lord to leave here not only in say so in word, but I want you to say so indeed. If you are truly the redeemed of God, He wants you to live a certain way. Do y'all believe that? How, Pastor? He wants you to live above and never what? He wants you to be the head, not the. You don't call yourself the redeemed of God, but you're living beneath. No, no. Even if you just received it, you're going to come in this church one way, but you're going to be changed drastically. Two scriptures and we've done. First Chronicles. Some of y'all saying, Pastor Coghman, I've been real patient with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there's some stuff, man, I can't, it, it, it take a minute to declare this. I appreciate y'all. I, I, don't, I don't take your uh, your attendance lightly. Even people who decided to come here today, you had a lot of options, places you could have went. I don't take that lightly. I'm somewhat honored that you joined us. But I have to deliver a word today. Amen. Uh First Chronicles 17. We got two scriptures and we out of here. First Chronicles 17, noted verse 21. Is the word helping anybody? Yes. Is the word helping anybody? Yes. Do y'all remember as you turn to 1 Chronicles 17? Do y'all remember before Christ redeemed us? How many of y'all remember how messed up your life truly was? How many remember how messed up your life truly was? Come on, I'm looking around. I want to see folks. I want their hand high. How many recognize how messed up your life really was? And you truly understand that you owe it all to him. Put your hand down. Listen to me. That's the way y'all, that's that boldness we get. That's that confidence we have in God. That faith, that hope is in Him. Now if I am the redeemed of God, man, I'm saying something about myself. What can hold you down if you are the redeemed of God? Huh? One psalmist even said, you redeemed my soul out of the grave. Talking about something, that's the reason I'm living the way I'm living. Go continue, first Chronicles 17. And you should do the same. Notice this because I'm walking it backwards, first Chronicles 17 21. And who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a what? As a what? Now, listen, I already already said it's taking me a long time, but listen, I'm trying to explain it. In the way God wanted to explain. Remember what I said earlier. Everybody not a child of God. But notice what he says. In the Old Testament. Notice what redemption was about. From the beginning. Well if you can catch it. I'm telling you you're going to catch something good. And who is like your people Israel. The one nation on the earth. Whom God went. To redeem. For himself. As a what? As a what? As a what? remember what I said earlier, Jesus redeemed himself a people, not a black people. That cross was about Jesus getting himself a flock, a church, a bride. That's when the church is considered the bride of Christ. God better hear me today, we are his special people. To make for yourself a name by great and awesome deed. By driving out the nations from before your people whom you redeemed. Where did he redeem them from? Where did he redeem them from? Where did he get them from? What does Egypt represent? The house of bondage. You see how God walked that thing back. What? Where did he redeem us from? Egypt. But not physical Egypt, the house of bondage. What did, what was sin doing to us? Had us in bondage. Exodus 15 and I'm done. Now if you think your drug addiction was fun, then you just plain out silly. And you don't realize how much that drug addiction has cost you already. Because it is bondage. Sexual perversion. Sleeping from one person to the next. If you don't see that as bondage, then you're going to continue killing yourself. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But notice, he came for a people to redeem them from bondage. So Jesus didn't come to redeem us. Listen. And then for us to get redeemed and then go back to our mess. That ain't what he did. Once saved, always save is a lie. He didn't do that. Come on. But the same God that redeemed us out of the house of bondage or Egypt, listen, He alone has the power if we desire Him to, to keep us from going back to Egypt. Look at somebody and tell them, say, When God delivers, God delivers. He'll, keep He'll keep you delivered. And if you're a witness, look at somebody and just shout, I'm a witness to that. I'm a witness to that. Exodus 15 and 13 and then I'm done. Exodus 15 13 and then I'm done. Watch this. See, see can y'all catch this? Exodus 15, verse 13. I hear pages turning. That's a good sound. Have you got it? Let me know. I got it, Pastor. This is it right here. Exodus 15, verse 13. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have what? You guided them in your what? To your holy what? Tell your neighbor back then, God used Moses to redeem Israel out of Egypt and take them to a holy habitation or the promised land. Hold on. I'm finna let it go. He went down into Egypt. Listen. How did he redeem them in Egypt? Through a word. You better listen to me. Because there was no silver teach it, pastor or gold that they had to pay Pharaoh to be let go. He redeemed them with his word. Got them out of Egypt. Got them out of abundance. You better preach pastor. And told them I have a holy habitation. I got a holy place for you to be. Listen. Through Jesus. Brother Rodney. He does the same thing. He has a holy place. The eternal heaven, but not just in the glory, but here also. See, when God redeems His people, tell somebody. about When God redeems His people, redeems He has he things, has things for, them. for them. That's what I want you to see. Tell your neighbor, God redeemed you God because God He has some things for you. Tell that to somebody and say, he redeemed me because he has some things for me. Remember what I said earlier, but if you don't believe you, what? Condemn yourself. What happened in the wilderness when they stopped believing? They died. They died in the wilderness. Do y'all understand? If, If it be true, I'm done with the message. Just shout to somebody, I've been redeemed. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.